Could be worse, DABT 2022 ICH-S8 Immunotoxicity Studies for Human Pharmaceuticals. Note this is an abridged version of the guideline. It does not go into as much detail as the full guideline. Some parts and even some paragraphs have been left out, as has the appendix. This version focuses on the parts of the guideline most likely to be on the DABT exam. As always, for the actual practice of toxicology, please read the fine manual. Background. Evaluation of potential adverse effects of human pharmaceuticals on the immune systems should be incorporated into a standard drug development. Toxicity to the immune system encompasses a variety of adverse effects. These include suppression or enhancement of the immune system. Suppression of the immune response can lead to decreased host resistance to infectious agents or tumor cells. Enhancing the immune response can exaggerate autoimmune diseases or hypersensitivity. Drug or drug protein addicts might also be recognized as foreign and stimulate an anti-drug response. Subsequent exposure Exposure to the drug can lead to hypersensitivity, allergic reactions. Much of the science and method development and validation efforts in the past have been focused on evaluating drug development candidates for their potential for either immunosuppression or contact sensitization. No standard approaches for human pharmaceuticals are currently available for testing the respiratory or systemic allergen density anagenicity, or drug-specific autoimmunity. Testing for these endpoints is not currently required in any region. There are no regional differences in testing approaches of skin sensitization. Immunosuppression or enhancement can be associated with two distinct groups. One, drugs intended to modulate immune function for therapeutic purposes, for example, to prevent organ transplant rejection, where adverse immunosuppression can be considered exaggerated pharmacodynamics. Two, drugs not intended to affect immune function but cause immunotoxicity due, for instance, to necrosis or apoptosis of immune cells or interaction with cellular receptors shared by both target tissues and non-target immune system cells. Antiproliferative agents used to treat cancer are an example of drugs that produce unintended immunosuppression. In such instances, adverse findings in non-clinical studies are predictive of human immunotoxicity in a rather straightforward manner. That is, specific assays to determine immunotoxicity are probably not valuable in drug risk assessment, since the target tissues are usually rapidly dividing cell types, such as bone marrow-derived immune stem progenital cells. Hence, the adverse effects on immune function can be predicted based on pharmacological activity and can usually be reliably evaluated in non-clinical studies. For other types of compounds not intended to suppress the immune response, distinction between exaggerated pharmacodynamics and non-target effects can be less obvious. As an example, some anti-inflammatory compounds have an effect on certain innate immune functions but do not necessarily affect the adaptive immune response. Scope of the guideline. This guideline is focused on providing recommendations on non-clinical testing for immunotoxicity induced by human pharmaceuticals. It is restricted to unintended immunosuppression and immunoenhancement, excluding allergenicity or drug-specific autoimmunity. This guideline applies to new pharmaceuticals intended for use in humans, as well as to marketed pharmaceuticals proposed for different indications or other variations on the current product label, in which the change could result in unaddressed and relevant immunotoxicity issues. In addition, the guideline might also apply to drugs for which clinical signs of immunotoxicity are observed during clinical trials and following approval to market. The guideline does not apply to biotechnology-derived pharmaceutical products covered by ICH guideline and other biologicals. Existing guidance documents on sensitization or hypersensitivity remain in force and are not affected by this document. It is beyond the scope of this guideline to provide specific guidance on how each immunotoxicity study should be performed. General methodology guidance is provided in the appendix. Section 2. 
Guideline. Factors to consider in the evaluation of potential immunotoxicity factors to consider that might prompt additional immunotoxicity studies can be identified in the following areas. 1. Findings from standard toxicity studies. 2. The pharmacological properties of the drug. 3. The intended patient population. 4. Structural similarities to known immunomodulators. 5. The disposition of the drug. and 6. Clinical information. The initial screen for potential immunotoxicity involves standard toxicity studies. Data from rodent and non-rodent studies from early short-term to more chronic repeated dose studies should be taken into consideration. Additional details on the parameters that should be evaluated and the reporting of histopathology findings are provided in the appendix. Standard toxicity studies. Data from standard toxicity studies should be evaluated for signs of immunotoxic potential. Signs that should be taken into consideration are the following. 1. Hematological changes such as leukocytopenia, leukocytosis, granulocytopenia, granulocytosis, or lymphopenia, lymphocytosis. 2. Alterations in immune system organ weights and or histology, for example, changes in thymus, spleen, lymph nodes, and or bone marrow. 3. Changes in serum globulins that occur without a plausible explanation, such as effects on the liver or kidney, can be an indication that there are changes in serum immunoglobulins. 4. Increased incidence of infections. 5. Increased occurrence of tumors can be viewed as a sign of immunosuppression in the absence of other plausible causes such as genotoxicity, hormonal effects, or liver enzyme induction. Changes in these parameters could reflect immunosuppression or enhanced activation of the immune system. Immunosuppression is usually reflected by reduced values of immune parameters, whereas immunoenhancement is usually reflected by increased values. However, these relationships are not absolute and can be inverted in some cases. Similar to the assessment of risk with toxicities in other organ systems, the assessment of immunotoxicity should include the following. Statistical and biological significance of the changes. Severity of the effects. Dose-exposure relationship. Safety factor above the expected clinical dose. Treatment duration. Number of species and endpoints affected. Changes that may occur secondarily to other factors, for example, stress. Possible cellular targets and or mechanisms of action. Doses which produce these changes in relation to doses which produce other toxicities and reversibility of effects. Pharmacological properties. If the pharmacological properties of a test compound indicate that it has the potential to affect immune function, for example, anti-inflammatory drugs, additional immunotoxicity testing should be considered. Information obtained from the non-clinical pharmacology studies on the ability of the compound to affect the immune system could be used in a weight of evidence approach to decide if additional immunotoxicity studies are needed. Intended patient population. Additional immunotoxicity studies might be warranted if the majority of the patient population for whom the drug is intended is immunocompromised by a disease state or concurrent therapy. Structural similarity. Compounds structurally similar to compounds with known immunosuppressive properties should also be considered for additional immunotoxicity testing. Disposition of the drug. If the compound and or metabolites are retained at high concentrations in cells of the immune system, additional immunotoxicity testing should be considered. Signs observed in clinical trials or clinical use. Clinical findings suggestive of immunotoxicity in patients exposed to the drug could call for additional non-clinical immunotoxicity testing. Weight of evidence review. A weight of evidence review should be performed on information from all the factors outlined above to determine whether a cause for concern exists. A finding of sufficient magnitude in a single area should trigger additional immunotoxicity studies. Findings from two or more factors, each one of which would not be sufficient on its own, could trigger additional studies. If additional immunotoxicity studies are not performed, the sponsor should provide justification. 
Section 3, Selection and the Design of Additional Immunotoxicity Studies Objectives If a cause for concern is identified, additional immunotoxicity studies should be performed to verify the immunotoxic potential of the compound. These studies can also help determine the cell type affected, reversibility, and the mechanism of action. This type of information can also provide more insight into potential risk and possibly lead to biomarker selection for clinical studies. Selection of assays If the weight of evidence review indicates that additional immunotoxicity studies are called for, there are a number of assays which can be used. If there are changes in standard toxicity testing data suggesting immunotoxicity, the type of additional immunotoxicity testing that is considered appropriate will depend on the nature of the immunological changes observed and the concerns raised by the class of compound. It is recommended that an immune function study be conducted such as a T-cell dependent antibody response. If specific cell types that are affected in standard toxicity studies are not known to participate in T-cell dependent antibody response, assays that measure function that specific affected cell type might be conducted, see the appendix, where a specific target is not identified, an immune function study such as T-cell dependent antibody response is recommended. In addition, immunophenotyping of leukocyte populations, a non-functional assay, can be conducted to identify the specific cell populations affected and might provide useful clinical biomarkers. Study design. To assess drug-induced immunotoxicity, a generally accepted study design in rodents is a 28-day study with consecutive daily dosing. Adaptations of immunotoxicity assays have been described using non-rodent species. The species, strain, dose, duration, and route of administration used in additional immunotoxicity studies should be consistent where possible with the standard toxicity study in which an adverse immune effect was observed. Usually both sexes should be used in these species, excluding non-human primates. Rationale should be given when one sex is used in other species. The high dose should be above the no-observed adverse effect level, but below a level inducing changes secondary to stress. Multiple dose levels are recommended in order to determine dose-response relationships and the dose at which no immunotoxicity is observed. Evaluation of additional immunotoxicity studies and need for further studies results from additional immunotoxicity studies should be evaluated as to whether sufficient data are available to reasonably determine the risk of immunotoxicity. 1. Additional studies might show that no risk of immunotoxicity can be detected and no further testing is called for. 2. Additional studies might demonstrate a risk of immunotoxicity but fail to provide sufficient data to make a reasonable risk-benefit decision. In this case, further testing might help provide sufficient information for the risk-benefit decision. 3. If the overall risk-benefit analysis suggests that the risk of immunotoxicity is considered acceptable and or can be addressed in a risk management plan CICH guideline, then no further testing in animals might be called for. Section 4. Timing of immunotoxicity testing in relation to clinical studies. If the weight of evidence review indicates that additional immunotoxicity studies are appropriate, these should be completed before exposure of a large population of patients, usually phase 3. This will allow for the incorporation of monitoring immune system parameters in the clinical studies if appropriate. The timing of the additional immunotoxicity testing might be determined by the nature of the effect by the test compound and the type of clinical testing that would be called for if a positive finding is observed with additional immunotoxicity testing. If the target patient population is immunocompromised, immunotoxicity testing can be initiated at an earlier time point in the development of the drug.